0: Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the last eight weeks of Chili's journey with me. Chili's my new dog. He's an Australian coolie. He was, he's one years and one month old, maybe one years and two months old now. Eight weeks has flown by like crazy and I can't believe, it does feel like eight weeks. It feels like he's been with, with us for a very long time, but yeah, it's obviously certainly gone fa- gone by very fast. So where do I get started? Obviously, when you're listening to me talking about having him as a trial adoption, so the first two weeks was he was as um, under our care as a trial to see will he suit into this environment, into the into the work that we do, and family dynamics and all those things. So obviously, I've adopted him, so he's officially ours, and it's been a really really good last eight weeks, and it's been really good for me personally. It's been good for me professionally in terms of the training journey and also it's added more to to the service that I can provide along with giving spades a little bit more of of a of a bit more of a retired life and you can see that especially after that last surgery that he had just removing a couple of fatty lumps in his thigh because they kind of went in all between his muscles and fused onto his bone he did get a little bit slow after that he's all good now but in an 11-year-old dog shouldn't be having to come out all day long in under all different weather conditions. So that's been really positive. For Chile, where do I start? I've got a little list here. Got to go with it. Well, showing outstanding progress with the environmental stimulus and all the factors that come with living in this world compared to where he came from, from rural New South Wales, where, you know, it was a lot more of a quieter life out there, a lot more space. We're here. And... Certainly go back to that episode, me talking about my trial and what that all involved and where he was at. And I think I did that maybe a week or almost a week and a half of having him. So now, so to listen and to get context, listen to that because now I'm going to get jump straight into it, that he's not fearful of anything really that used to trigger him. Actually, the last time he had a bit of a freak out was... Maybe two weeks ago now, maybe two and a half weeks ago, we we're up at the park and there was this kid running his kite in the park and Chili and me and Chili and Spades and Nookie were in the park and I was with my son as well. And this kid just running full speed towards us and the kite wasn't very high in the air, so it looked like it was it was really overwhelming for Chili and anyway he recovered very quickly. But and There's also, I'm going to tell you some of where everything went well, but I'm going to say where there's a couple of moments where I slipped up, like in that moment there, I didn't have any food on me. It would have been ideal to mark and reward that because, of course, I want him to feel as comfortable as possible in all of these different situations. But on the other hand, the fact that I didn't have food to reinforce a really good behavior or even, sorry, I didn't reinforce any good behavior to make that situation a little bit more desirable because then he got to learn how to deal with it on his own. And I think that's a point of our counter conditioning and our desensitization work when we're using food to make dogs feel good and to be focused is that we want to get to a point where everyday life and life with our dog means can our dog deal with these pressures on his own and just with my my own guidance without the use of reinforcers like food and balls and tugs but just to give him some praise and to guide him and to show him, hey, it's all good. If you look at me and we walk this way, we give that kid some space and we just and we don't make a big deal about it, we continue doing. It's exactly what I did. And again, two and a half weeks ago was the last time. And he's with me now. So our daily routine for Chili is in the morning, he gets his breakfast from a pouch. This morning, he didn't get it from my pouch. I got it from this little Kong wobbler sort of toy that I wanted to just give it to him because to be honest i was lazy and i knew that it was raining this morning and i did have a session but I'll, and i've I'll been normally feeding him his breakfast through obedience training and of course what requires for him at work like for example when i tell and we're going to talk about the commands that i use for him but i told him to down which means it's a long down pretty boring and normally in those moments of him holding that down while we're working with the dog like my client's dog, is that I would feed him intermittently throughout that time, just to really reinforce that you get breakfast sometimes from that. Sometimes you get breakfast for, I mean training, you get breakfast for your training before the session begins. So before I go to my client's house, we leave a little bit earlier, go to the park, do some training, working on on whatever it is that we want to work on. And that five minute training session is a way he gets his breakfast. Other days, Leonardo asked my son, asked, oh, I want to feed chili, I want to feed chili. So we fill up that one cup in the morning and he gives it to him. And he doesn't obviously ask him to do anything. He's too young to kind of get the concept of that. And I don't really want to push that either. I just want him to just have fun with the dogs. And I want Chili to feel that, well, Leonardo is valuable as well. So he gets food that way. is obviously been getting a little bit overfed over in the last eight weeks. You know, getting the extra treats or the extra rations that, that Chili drops or whatever. So there's other things that take in consideration when we are adding the new dog is that You know, obviously I don't want Nookie to become fat. So his progress, so his daily routine is in the morning, that's what he gets. He gets food through some form of work. Another way that I fed him his food was he'd been doing a little bit of, um, peeing in the front section of the backyard. So the immediate section where the grass is, I don't want him peeing much there. I want him to do much of his toilet in the back section on the grass. So I've been feeding some of that breakfast rations on the grass. I just scatter feed it and he learns to eat from the grass there. And, um, And that seems to be working. He does a lot less peeing. But of course, you know, being a male undisexed dog, he is going to pee in places that we may find undesirable. So that's just going to be a thing over time. And This is another important thing that I really want to kind of address in today's episode is the dog trainer has the new dog and is a very capable dog, but it still takes time for things to eventuate. All good things take time. And the longer, the more patient we are, and of course, working at everyone's ability we get more long-term success rather than trying to jam it all in over a couple of months and expecting him to know it as if he's a a machine to be programmed. So he comes to work. Now he's really, really good in the car. I can either have him in the crate in the back of my, in the canopy of my ute, uh, for the Americans, my pickup truck, is that what you guys call it? Um, So in the back of the ute there. Now it gets really hot there. So I do want him to be cool in the back seat. I have like a backseat hammock it's called the backseat buddy and it protects all the seats and it kind of I put a towel there too so that way there he drops any water or whatever it's not really damaging any of my of my car on the inside and he's really cool in there I can keep the aircon on I can keep a fan on and he's relaxed there's no destructive behavior doesn't do anything silly one thing that I did notice and again I'm picking up on every cue with chili is the little Ryobi fan a little portable fan that I have at first I did realize um, I did acknowledge that I assumed that it wouldn't be a problem, but I turned it on the first time he was in the back in the crate. And when I got back, he was like sitting in the most utmost corner away from the fan. So I'm like, hmm, there's an issue here. And he did smell a little bit stressy, like the breath got a little bit. I don't know if, um, if that's something that you guys can resonate with, but sometimes when dogs stress out their their chemistry and their mouth changes. Right. So, um so what I did was very, very basic, just like what I've done with most other things. I would put the fan in front of him, He'd look at it, a market it, reward it. He'd look at it, and here I'm using the clicker. I'm going to talk about the markers in a moment, but the clicker's a bit more valuable for him. So he looked at it, market feed it. Looks at it, market feed it. Turned it on. He looked at it, market feed it. I was feeding him in reward placements important. At first, I reward away from the fan, and then over time, I randomly feed in front of the fan. And then when I turn it on and feed in front of the fan, he's getting used to everything that he. Like, I don't know what he's actually scared of. Is he scared of just looking at the fan? Is he scared of the fan blowing? Is it this? Is it the sound of the motor running, or is it because it fell on him or close to him or something? What happened? So I don't know that. So I need to try to play out every situation. And it was funny yesterday. I had to quickly duck into the shops in an underground car park, so I had the windows down and I put the fan on. As soon as I closed the door, he looked at me, looked at the fan, like put his nose onto the fan, then looked back at me, like, "Hey, can I get rewarded for this?" And this is the exact same, the exact reason why we work on these these techniques called counter conditioning. Instead of him trying to run away from the fan, I want him to lean into the fan. And then in the coming months and years, the fan turns on and it should be neutral. But here it slightly makes it a bit more positive. He's like, oh, well, the fan's on. Maybe there's a window of opportunity for me to get fed. So I think that's pretty cool. And when he comes out of the car, when he comes to work with us, he's now engaging with all sorts of different dogs. He's exposed to dogs that are showing aggressive aggressive behavior, reactive behavior, some that are whinge, whinging and whining, some that are running away from him. Puppies and and very balanced normal dogs as well, like that as a social is what I mean. And he's actually been showing him now over eight weeks. I can start to see intimately what he's like and how he behaves is that puppies that generally are scared, like little puppies, he gives them a bit of space and he slowly, slowly builds them up, which has been really cool. Because a lot of these things, in terms of working with dog socialization, I can't do that. The dogs have to do that. And it's good to... And Spages be very much like Chili. And Ace, my old dog, my original dog that I used, he was basically exactly like Chili. And in, in regards of knowing how to interact and engage with other dogs, especially when they were a bit unsure. So I think that was pretty cool that he's been doing that and knowing how to be around puppies and when not to play. He also can focus on me while he's playing with dogs. I've been practicing the name game, saying his name. He focuses on me. I reward him and now giving him commands. So while he's playing, I'll say Ella, which is a Greek word for come. And we'll talk about why I've changed the commands as well. We've spoke about this as well, but why not recap it? I call him back to me and I reward him. So I want him to play and know when to ignore. I want him to come back to me and focus on me while it's happening. So I'm working on all these things. And he comes to my sessions, we normally see about four people, four clients a day, sometimes five, and I'm doing that five days a week. So he's with me basically from nine and we get home at like 6.30. And so I get to speed up this process of training because I'm spending more repetitions of training, more hours of training, and more general time with each other. So he gets to know me very well as well. And he's quite attached to me. He doesn't want to leave too far from me. He was happy to run in the field and get out of sight for a couple of moments but he's always checking in on me which is pretty cool. And anything else about work I'm just trying to think now I'm happy when a dog lunges at him and tries to bark towards him of course I never put dogs in a in a compromised situation but he's actually responded very well whether I want him to focus on me and not look at the dog or whether I want him to Kind of show a little bit of behavior, so we can start getting the other dog desensitized and and familiar with social behaviors and social cues that 's been really, really cool to see as well and i 'm happy that I chose him at the and everything that I had planned because obviously we had our big failure last year with with my plan, and my plan now was no we get the dog at a good age where we can see what he is like, and I think that 's worked for me and my situation so now, I'm not saying obviously getting a puppy and raising him up wouldn't work. That could be even better. However, for me in my situation, my time schedule, whatever, everything's worked out really well. He's a he's a light dog. He's now 17 kilos. If I tap my shoulders, he jumps up into my arms. So if I've, if I've ever parked in a very tight spot and I need to get him back in the back of the ute, I just get him to jump up on me. I can carry him basically, put my shoulder towards the crate and he just crawls into the crate. So he's agile, he's strong, he's has endurance. He can go all day without getting too tired. He has a good drive for, for, um, for playing with me and also with playing with other dogs. So he's ticking all the boxes, which has been really cool. When I first got him those first few weeks, there was odd things that would freak him out. Like a man coming out of the car of a nighttime, not during the day, just at night time. the umbrella situation, lady walked past him with an umbrella and he, and he freaked out. Um, and you know at first, when he first saw a bus, it's like all these random environmental stimulus, whatever's happening in the environment now, he does not care about it one little tiny bit, and that was the biggest thing that i was going to, I was concerned about I thought that would cause it was going to take a little bit longer. so my first goals for that first month was focus, focus, and focus. I wanted as much engagement and focus on me. It was only in the last in the first like maybe three to four weeks I started to layer in more commands so there's no point doing any obedience training if we don't have solid engagement on us. His commands have become, so I've used a lot of Greek commands, so that way they for a few reasons, it's completely unique to Chile only. It doesn't confuse him, he doesn't get desensitized when I start using the same commands at work. And also, I chose Greek just because it's, obviously I'm Greek, and it's 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 a little bit more natural for me to say these words, rather than using another language, or or also using random sounds, which is also another op- um, option. So how it's been working is, which is really cool, Chili would be off doing something. I'll say Ella, which means come. Gato, which means lay down. I'll say Mesa, which is the middle command. And I can do that while Nook is right next to me and she's not anticipating. I say Chop, which is his marker for the ball, and I throw the ball. And so what I've done, and even last night, I'm going to get a video of this and put this up. Is I'll get Chili to down. I have the ball and he has a ball in front of him. I'll tell Nookie to middle and around and touch. So all the commands that Chili doesn't get, doesn't ever hurt. Here I say bang, which is her marker for the ball. I can throw it. He stays in the down while I mark and reward his efforts for staying there. And that's been really cool. So I'm not getting any confusion. I can train two dogs at the same time, good time management. Um, And also, it's really cool as well because what I used to have with Nookie is I'd tie her up because I like, I wanted her to be part of the session but not right in front of me, I would call the other dog to come and I hear her squeal in the background because she's tethered. She runs at me with good intensity because I've trained the recall in come. And now I, she basically got punished for attempting to come to me. So that can affect our training as well. So my plan is with her to change her recall altogether to another word or... I don't really use it that much for work anyway, so I don't think it's going to confuse it that much. But these are other things that if you are a trainer or if you have two dogs, I do suggest separating your markers and your and some of your commands. The word sit can say the same, maybe the down. For, for for Chile, when I say down, as I said before, long, boring down. Nothing really exciting happens. You're in that down. You stay there until I release you. I'll feed you in amongst that. But when I say kato, that usually will normally give has, has more of a reward history in regards to high drive games and like with the ball and tug and also like I'd click to release him for, um, for, for more food game and sometimes a jackpot can happen from that. Even though he does get jackpotted from time to time in the down command, but when I say down, you can noticeably see that he does it more lazily. When I say Gato, he smashes his elbows down. like, And now with his command, so the things that I've been working on, not anything too crazy, but I get him to run around me which is a Croatian word for around, oko, So I say oko and he runs around me. And I've been using another marker, say piasto, which means take it or get it in Greek. And that means he, now we play the game of tug with the French linen tug. And sometimes we can do that with the ball on the rope. And I've been doing a whole bunch of different stuff with him. And basically it's all foundations. Yes, I'm now working on the place command so I can tell him bed inside the house. He'll go to his bed and just hang out. But when I say place, that he, he sprints to it and he goes there with a lot more drive and 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 anticipation for something really intense. And the point of that, using separate commands for certain things, and I did get that from Pat Stewart from Opera and Canine. We were having a discussion, and he gave me that advice. And it kind of seems obvious now coming out my mouth, but it wasn't too obvious to me back in the um, uh, you know last year or whatever. So thanks, brother. Um, but basically. You want these reflexive actions. So when I say kato, it's because my son's probably running towards a driveway where I don't want him to, and I want to, or the, towards a road, and I want to run towards a road and stop him, but I don't want my dogs to follow me. So now with, with Chili, I'll be running, sprinting, 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 kato, while I'm sprinting, and you'll hit that down really nicely. And again, Rachel, who previously owned him, she had taught a lot of these foundations. So, It's not that I got a fresh dog and now he's smashing into downs eight weeks later just because I'm so good. It's that there was a good foundation already there for me to advance on. So I think that's important. So I don't want to um, give any false hopes or anything like that. But I can have that now and I'm practicing this because that's a very functional thing, especially when we're out and about all day and Chili's usually off the leash or whether he has a long lead on him, but he's having a bit more freedom. I need him to be very reliable, especially when things start getting a bit hairy with other dogs or situations while we're at work again we're spending a lot of hours together he's not just going for the hour hour and a half walk he's with me for hours and hours and hours every single day so that's also something that i wanted to discuss so having separate markers having that recall so his recalls become very nice as well we're at work yesterday i had him on the long lead and he was just sniffing the we're in the park it was free time but he was running towards a bike track to go sniff something. And there those two bikes coming pretty like cyclists coming pretty fast along the bike track. And they're like, whoa, and you can see they'll saw the dog running towards a bike track and they didn't want to hit into him. So I said his name, chili. As soon as I gave his, his name, he snaps his head towards me. Lots of focus and engagement work. I say Ella and he bolted to me so fast before the bikes even got to that point. He was already back at me and that's how fast he can be. And in that moment, I wasn't prepared Um, to reward him like I wasn't planning to reward him it just happened but as soon as he came I went chop, and I went into my pouch and threw the ball and that way there in that random moment with the like I was already prepared because I had stuff on me and of course being a dog trainer at work I've always got some form of reward on me which is pretty handy but I don't reward him every time sometimes I'll call him to come and I would just say okay and the more now that I've been on the intermittent schedule and we know this and we practice every day, but having your own dog and seeing it every day and working on it, you can really see that once you introduce that maybe is when we get a lot more drive and anticipation for the reward. So that's what I did for, for that's where I'm at with my commands where I want them to be functional and then also teaching the cool commands. So I'm teaching in middle and now I want to take middle to the next steps so and now I'm introducing walking from the middle. So this is an important thing that I should add. And we've again covered this with the ball. When I want to reward with the ball, I'm only giving. Generally, I'm only giving known commands. So if I say "Mesa" to him, which is middle, so let's just say I say "middle," he comes in between my legs. I mark. Chop, I throw the ball. But now that I want to take take the training to another step, I want now when I say "middle," I walk. And wherever I walk, change positions, walk backwards, like the end goal is that I could walk anywhere. When I say, Mesa, he stays in between my legs. But I don't start walking now with the ball because he's so excited, so over aroused, over his threshold of being stable that I I could mess it all up because I'm not going to reward things I don't like because then I start stepping, he starts running. So now I've gone back a step with that morning breakfast, usually, because meal time, end of the day, it's usually raw food. Sometimes I use some kibble to work on some training and then I'll fill the Kongs with his raw food. Side note, I'm also have treats on me all day, so I'm using the Prime 100 um, as as my reward. Another side note, I'm gonna hopefully remember what I was actually talking about is, I've stopped using Frankfurt's for training. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I've been using hot dogs, um, because you told me to, it's not like it's a bad thing, but I have been using Prime 100. It's a dog roll. It's very, very nutritional by, by comparing them to other brands, in my opinion anyway, because you can see like, there's many different proteins. There's like chicken, turkey, wild boar, Those are, and duck. Those are the ones that I have been kind of playing around with. Wild boar has been the best because it's a bit more soggy and it sticks together more throughout the day. Turkey is not too bad, but it does dry up a little bit. Again, having my treats in my pouch from nine all the way till six, They tend to dry up a little bit in the heat. Chicken's a bit crumbly, but the duck wasn't too bad anyway. So if you live in Australia, I don't know if Prime 100's an international brand, but um, I have been using that. A lot of other trainers have been talking about it, and it's actually more easier to prepare. It's a one big roll. I can cut it up easier than kind of split frankfurt's up every morning. More nutritional for the dogs, and it's another option. So I have that on me all day. So when I am training and doing random things with, with chili, I don't just rely on the kibble because his prime 100 is part of his nutrition as well, as well as the raw food at nighttime or the training session at nighttime as well. So that was my caveat for that. So now when I'm practicing my middle, let's say I'm waiting for a client and I've got a spare five minutes, I'll be like, hey, buddy, let's work on some training. So now I'll tell him, I don't You really have to use any gestures. I say, Mesa, he comes between my legs. And then now I will, I've i been taking a step forward but luring him with me to keep him nice and tight and close just under my, my, between my thighs. Every, every time I take a step, I mark and reward. Now it's been about five, six days. I've been saying, Mesa, no luring. I take two steps. He follows me, follows me, like stays inside my legs. I mark and reward. I click it. So when I use the clicker, it's a release command as well as food. So he, I click, he comes out of position and I feed him again. And that way there, and I think over the next maybe week or two, I'm going to start to, once I got that level of criteria checked off, I say, Mesa, he comes between my legs, one step, two steps with my hands by my side, he stays there, I'll say, chop, and then throw the ball. So that's where I'm going to start going to that. I probably won't push it too far because with the food, I want to be able to walk forward, turn around and come backwards and do all of that. So I'm kind of ebbing and flowing between between those two with the ball and with the food. I don't go to any next steps with the ball at this stage. I'll go only next steps with the food. So hopefully that makes sense for you to start working on with your dogs. And commands. There's something else I wanted to say, but doesn't matter. It will come back to me. Also, he's been a great family member. So as I said before, everyone loves him at home um, my son Leonardo asked about him all the time he, yesterday we had the big cardboard box and we were playing tug with it and he was destroying it it was too big for the recycle bin couldn't bother flat packing it so I gave it to Chili let him destroy the crap out of it and Leonardo thought it was fun to um, to join in and play so there's been a lot more engagement which has been really cool from Leonardo because Spade's a very chilled out older dog and Nookie he always played with Nookie but Chili's a little bit more animated a bit more younger so he's all up in his face but not in a bad way but in enough to be showing enough engagement where Leonard has been really interacting with him a lot more. It's been really cool to, to see. And my wife, Tanya, has been like, you know, loves him as well. Always kissing and snuggling and, and, and she's been participating with, with, you know, with responsibilities and duties with him as well. So that way everyone's on the same level. I don't want him to only listen to me. I want him to listen to everybody. So everyone has to be involved and participating in feeding and some walking and things like that. And one thing that has been annoying and again, things to expect and if this is my worst problem with the new dog then I'm cheering but he has got a habit of digging bloody holes in my yard. So um, now I don't care if he does it right at the back of the yard and digs in like the dog section, I don't mind but in my immediate section he's been digging and this is, I'm going to tell you now where I haven't taken on my own advice or I have expected him to do it maybe and just like grow out of it. So I'll tell you what I've been doing. And again, you can listen to the episode that I talk all about digging and I've been using only half of these because, and I've got my reasons. I guess I can explain. So maybe a month ago, he, he he wasn't always digging, but he started digging and now his holes aren't big in diameter, but super deep. The problem with the hole is not because of the actual hole, but all the dirt that goes everywhere else, as you would know. So filling it back in every single time I see it, I fill it in. I am going to put my hand up and say that I did what I say you shouldn't do and I get mad when I wake up in the morning and I go out there. Now, hasn't been too over the over the top. Um, I've been upset and sh- expressed my upsetness at the whole like, oh my God, what's this? And he doesn't like it, he gets nervous. I chuck him at the back and close the door. And I'm doing that mainly because I know I'm not a morning person. I don't want to get too mad and frustrated. So I'm like, hey, look, just go away and go out the back there. The problem with that is that I've been getting upset when I walk into the backyard and then he can get a little bit like my god panels here in the morning because it's not like any other time of the day when I walk into the yard he's normal but something now again dogs start to pick up well it was never about the hole that you're upset if you. and I have caught him digging by the way and when I catch him in the act digging the digging stops for a good week and a half or week but um, if I and it's not like I'm not fulfilling him. He's getting a lot of biological fulfillment, getting a lot of mental stimulation, a lot of exercise. But he's a one-year-old working dog. I expect him to want to dig holes in the yard. As I said, if he does it in the back section, I fill him up and I say nothing. So um, so what, I have I, what have I been doing? Well, first of all, I've been filling him up, covering him up, and on my days off, I'm, I spend a bit more time out in the backyard. I catch him doing it. I grab him by the collar, chuck him at the back and close the gate and tell him he's naughty. And what I should do is every night time I should just let him sleep in the back section because I've my yard's split in half and just let him sleep back there. But then I'm like, meh, spades likes going to the back kennel sometimes and I like them going to the toilet in the back section. If I close it off, I have to keep all the dogs back there, which I may not want to do because Nookie feels pretty comfortable in her spot. So it's my own excuse and reason why I do it. don't do it. But I'm willing and happy to manage these holes because in the last three days, no holes. The three, the six days before, there was a hole every night. So we're making some progress, and I do make sure that after he eats, because I walk my dogs pretty late, but I normally want to also um, do another training session before bedtime or after he's eaten, nine o'clock or something. We do another tug tug session, which really f- um, gets him tired, or I can just crate him over night time, and then he never digs a hole. So because m- the hole digging isn't that extreme of a problem for me. I'm willing to just work on this over time and just not be practicing any stupid mistakes or or any bad habits of getting mad at him and things like that. If you catch him in the act, you punish him. You can. Uh -uh. Grab him by the collar, take him at the back, close the door. Like, you know, show him that now you're stuck there for another two hours. You're not coming out. And that's happened before. But outside of the moment, it it just doesn't work. And I can completely confirm it because if it worked, he wouldn't do it the next day. So... But when I catch him in the act, that does work. So that, that's that. One thing, that's what I was going to say before is it's been really, really cool to have, and I think I explained this before as well. I'm not sure how much I explained it, but it's been really cool to have another fresh young dog, high drive, high, high intensity, intelligent, willing to work. It's something that I'm used to. I'm used to Kirby, Kirby, um mixes mixes. Um, Coolly, I haven't had before, but a very similar type of dog. So I'm in my comfort zone um, with it, but also to be able to practice all the things that I teach on a daily basis has been really, really fun. And I've been growing as a trainer and obviously there's new things that I would suggest and, and I've been adding to my toolbox, but also just practicing it and, and, the, and the joy of it and also testing where I'm at with my skills. Like just for example, before I record this, I had a session on and the German Shepherd four months old, Chili was not that fond of him um, running straight up to his face and he was like grumbling and I'm like, hey, Chilly, back it up. And I'm just, of course, he's still learning a few things. As I said, there's certain dogs that he just doesn't really want to play with and that's completely cool. We have to now teach a puppy how to engage with that and what to do when a dog shows, hey, back it up. I don't want you running and jumping on me, for example. So Chili needs to learn, puppy needs to learn. And what was my point? Is that we're constantly working and, and growing towards a common goal. The the goal in that situation there is that I want you to learn, hey I'm a bit unsure. Yeah, put your hackles up and growl at him to communicate. Do what you've got to do but then also and he's never lunged at a dog, never barked at a dog but he can kind of stay there and start like circling the dog because he gets caught in this little loop of like, hey I need to try to sort this out. So sometimes I need to help him out, a little touch the side of the ribs, a little poke to be like, hey, back it up a little bit and he did that even a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. He got up and went over and sniffed the tree, peed on it. Probably a bit of a displacement signal, feeling a little bit, conf- a bit of conflict from the dog. But then lay down somewhere else. I marked and rewarded and praised him. Say, "Good boy." To show him, if you're not sure, it's cool. You can just back it up and leave him alone. And I can be doing this a lot more now, off the lead or with his lead loose on the ground. And now we're communicating. So having being able to practice everything from fresh where you get a bit stagnant when you have a dog that's been doing it for like, you know, almost eight, eight or seven years or even longer, eight years and practicing this so much has been um, or practicing with the new dog rather has been a lot more enriching for me as well and brought a little bit more spark to the passion rather than it becoming two every day. So it's been really joyful been really good. You can keep up by watching on um, on my Instagram page NP Dog Training check that out I'm usually putting stories up and he's in most of them because he's obviously with me every day so you can check out his journey it's been 10 years of Nutri's pooches by the way that's been pretty cool a decade of training dogs now um officially we've been saying oh uh, uh, 10 years coming up but it was November 14 I think was when um was when I started the business in 2011 so that's been pretty awesome so that's a bit of a milestone and you know we're growing and changing and lots of new things to come and Having chili has been um, a blessing. So that's all I guess I want to talk about today. It was a longer one for me to do doing the solo. Let me just go back to my list here. So my, my next training goals, maybe I'll finish on that. Next training goals are I want to start teaching a few extra commands I want him to do a bit more weaving. I want to maybe start doing some external things like doing a send away, teaching him to run away from me and then to come back. And, you know, working on a few other more complex stuff, maybe even start introducing some scent detection to him possibly. Or, But I don't want to overwhelm myself. So right now I'm just having fun with the basics, having fun with the basic commands and making them all very good. And then slowly, slowly start adding a little bit more to it. Because if I go too much too quick, I overwhelm him, I overwhelm myself. And then in a year's time, he knows everything and it kind of gets boring too. He's actually, he jumps really high in the air, like higher than myself. If I bounce a ball, he'll jump up. So he can be one of those parkour dogs, you know. And that's why most of his brothers were sent around the the place, around the world actually, to do dock diving and, and other trial sports stuff too. So that's been pretty impressive. He has that. Has that um that drive and that intensity in him, so it's really cool if I could start getting him to like you know maybe jump off my my chest to like do a backflip and like things like that. So I want to experiment a little bit more with him as time goes on. But right now it's still in the early days of building some good foundations, and I'm not dragging it out, but I'm really solidifying it and then adding the new stuff in, so I don't get bored of that. But then just as I said, I don't want to be overwhelming to him and myself. So that's been really cool and. My goals will be to have a really good middle, and working on some maybe agility stuff. I guess we can call it. But maybe like his scent, like his his um his scent, his natural ability to send out things has been really cool as well. Like I will hold him, throw the ball somewhere in the dark. He doesn't know where I've thrown it. Tell him to find the ball, and he he picks up on it really good. Or if Nookie's lost her ball and she tends to drop it somewhere, start sniffing, and I'm like, hey, where's the ball? And I put his ball away, and he'll find her ball. So. This has been really cool as well. So that's where we're at with that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, any questions, don't hesitate to hit me up. And until next time, have fun with your dog. Hopefully the last eight weeks of Chili's experience and me outlaying some of that to you has been beneficial. Maybe it's given you some inspiration to work on some stuff or maybe a few things to, to correct. And remember, just enjoy it. Have fun with it. Have goals. Have something to aim towards. So everything that you're working on is a- is working towards that. And that's what's been happening in those last eight weeks. So much love to you all. Thank you very much. And until next time, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit noocherspooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.